everyone, I'm Cheryl McNeil Fisher. Dr. Kathy King and I want you to know you are important to us. We are thrilled that you're here with us today for another episode of Writing Works Wonders. Welcome to Writing Works Wonders. We're so pleased to be with you today. This is episode 116, and we're very thrilled that today we have an interview with award-winning author Tracy Peterson. So buckle up, Buttercup. It's time to celebrate the craft of writing with your bibliophile friends at Writing Works Wonders. I'm Kathy King, and I'm so pleased to introduce my fabulous co-host, Cheryl McNeil Fisher. Hi, everybody. Glad you're all here with us. Let's get started. I'm going to read a little bit of background about Tracy so can learn more about her. Often called the queen of historical Christian fiction, Tracy Peterson is an ECA and USA Today bestselling author of more than 110 books. Yes, you heard that right. Her work in historical fiction earned her the Best Western Romance Award of 2013 and the USA Best Books 2011 Award for Best Religious Fiction for Embers of Love. She was awarded the Lifetime Achievement Award from American Christian Fiction Writers in 2011 and the Career Achievement Award in 2007 from Romantic Times as well as multiple Best Book Awards. We're so very pleased to have Tracy Peterson with us on Writing Works Wonders today. Over to you, Cheryl. Wow, what an intro. Hi, Tracy. Glad you're here. I am very pleased to be with you today. Thank you for inviting me. You have such an abundance of stories and series. How do you, after 110 books, how do you keep your stories fresh and, and unique to keep interest in your readers? Well, I actually just turned in book 140. And, oh, my goodness. <laughs> and I'm working on 41 and 42 right now. But, you know, I think through the years, it's been all about the fact that, you know, I pray over each of the stories. I read a ton. I watch lots of documentaries. And as I'm going through nonfiction, I'm always finding little tidbits of stories that just come to me. I'm a storyteller. I've been that way all my life. I credit my mom with it, uh, part of the development anyway, because when I was very little and we would go to church, she would give me a piece of paper and a pencil and tell me to write her a story. And this was all done to keep me quiet because we had no children's church. And so what was really brilliant of her though, was afterwards she'd say, tell me your story. And for me, I think knowing I would have that undivided attention, you know, and, and stimulating the storyteller in me, I always had something, you know, that I could tell her about. And that's just been the way it's been all throughout my career. So, you know, I'm I'm glad to say that, you know, the ideas and the things that come to mind are still flowing free. Then you say you read and you watch documentaries, too. When do you have time? We just um, kind of what, fit, fit things in. <laughs> yes, you do. You must be very good at that. 
So what drew you to the historical Christian fiction? I've loved history all my life. And even when I was in school, history was one of those things that I I gravitated towards. And I loved reading the classics of uh, authors like, you know, Jane Austen, Charles Dickens, the Brontes. I have just always had a passion for historical and, and for different time periods. And so when I married, I just was very blessed to marry a historian <laughs> and his uh-huh. passion and love, you know, was history. And he taught me so much about research and how to get the most out of the information I could lay my hands on and then kind of how to read between the lines on history. A lot of times we have to kind of do that and look at what else was going on around a setting or situation and then get an idea and a feel for how we think that might have fit into the places that uh, we don't have as much information about. So all through through my writing career, all through my life before that, history has just played such a vital role. And it shows in your writing. I learn a lot about history from reading your books. They're fiction, but because you're good at intertwining the fiction with it, it's phenomenal. It's, It's wonderful. During your research, did you have any special moments, enlightenments, anything that you'd like to share with us? I'm always coming across something that's fascinating to me. One of my favorite things is when I'm reading and there'll be a phrase like this, uh, and we never knew what happened to so-and-so, or we never knew how that happened. And I think, oh, I can come up with some ideas. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, throughout the various researches I've done, and I've, you know, I've traveled all over, I try to make the research the details as accurate as possible. It doesn't mean I won't make mistakes. Obviously, you know, I'm fallible and the the readers will point it out when I am. But (laughs) I do try really hard to get the the details accurate because that's what I want in a story. And so as I've researched over the years, I think one of the things that, that has come back to me is that there really isn't anything new under the sun, just as Solomon said. And you'll see some of the same issues and problems being fought over throughout the ages. Women wanting more power, more say, uh, one people feeling oppressed by another people. All the issues that that we face today, even the the simplest of, you know, lying to get out of a bad situation. It's all there, all through history, and it's just repeating itself over and over. And I I just find it fascinating because some of the very issues that I'll come across in reading like diary accounts in the 1800s are problems I've heard my daughter or son talk about here in the, you know, 2023. I just recently got a, was given my great aunt's diaries as she traveled around the country. And of course, it's in, I can't see it. So I have to find someone who can read the script handwriting to help me translate them. But it's so exciting to be able to, to read them and how many stories we can get out of that. Absolutely. That's Uh, very precious. Kathy, over to you. Pleasure to have you on the show, Tracy. Thank you for your time today. You bet.
Following up on what Cheryl and you were talking about, how do you balance historical fiction, historical accuracy, and creating a compelling fictional narrative? You how you weave it together, but you have to balance that. You have some strategies you use in that or guidelines? When I am creating a story, I always use a detailed synopsis. And so I'm not a pantser. I'm a plotter. I plan out characters. I've got lots of character sheets and details. I created a list for myself of 100 different questions to ask regarding my characters. I don't always ask each one of them, you know, but I do try to know my characters inside and out and and understand what motivates them. That's so critical for any story. And I think as far as like taking the historical aspects and the internal and, and external conflicts that my characters are going through, it's a matter of just paying very close attention to the details and matching up those motivations. I think that's so critical in any story. That's really good. And maybe looking for those gaps, like you said, when you're reading through history and you see, you know, we don't really know why such and such happened or what happened next or things like that. Exactly. Then you have a, you have an opening. Thinking along with that, what we were talking about earlier, what role does faith play in your writing process? And furthermore, how do you incorporate Christian themes in your stories? For me, writing is a ministry. I have used this platform all of my life to share my faith and to encourage others. I want my books to entertain you. I, I talk about my three E's. I want them to entertain you. I hope you, you can't go to bed until you finish the book. <laughs> I, I love <laughs> that when people write and tell me things like that. I want them to be uh, educational. I, I That's why the accuracy is so important. But I also want them to encourage, and I want them to encourage in such a way that I can share the gospel of Jesus, and I can offer biblical hope and encouragement. And so as I have utilized this platform over the years, I know that I don't want to beat my my readers over the head with my faith, because it's a very personal thing. But I want to share ways that I've been encouraged over the years and ways that uh, I found scripture to to speak to me and to really help in times of trouble. And I know it's working. I get letters all the time from different people who tell me that the books have helped them either, you know, in some situations to come back to their faith, or they were in a really bad situation and read one of the books and saw how the characters dealt with a certain situation that, that was close in nature to their own. And, and that helped them to get through bad situations and, and whatnot. And I've even had like a, one of the, the most fascinating letters I ever had was from a woman who was in her nineties and had been churched all of her life, but she had never really understood the concept of forgiveness and the importance. And she had read one of my books and said that as she followed these characters and their journey towards forgiveness, that all of a sudden it just was a very clear to her 
the importance of forgiving wasn't for for other people nearly as much as it was for herself and that this was what you know the bible said god has called us to do and so she was just so excited and so thrilled and it touched me deeply to see how that book had helped her and so with my faith being what it is i want each of the books to share the encouragement that i have found that's powerful and the fact that you don't as you said brandish wildly in the books but that you have the themes and you play it out through the characters and you demonstrate faith in the characters is a whole different way of bringing that to life for people connecting with those journeys that's very powerful thank you for sharing that you bet you know with over 140 books under your belt that's just an astounding number and a tremendous volume of work How do you stay motivated and continue to find inspiration in your storylines and your books? I think, again, because this is a ministry for me, that the excitement and the just the passion I have for it has has been there throughout the years. And my my hope is that the stories would help change lives. And as I work on various ideas and go over, you know, some research bits that I've put aside for later or whatever, as I said, I pray over them and I have a whole team that prays for me constantly. And I think that that makes such a difference, just knowing that you have the support of people who care about what you're doing, the ministry itself, and then care about you. And so, you know, I think that I've never had writer's block. Uh, I can say that in all honesty, I, you know, there's been times when maybe I don't feel like the writing's going as well as I'd like. And so I take a break and just get away from it and come back to it in a few hours or a day or whatever. But as far as like not being able to come up with story ideas and whatnot, that hasn't happened. And I praise God for that <laughs> because you know, it's just been a matter of trying to pace myself with the things that I know I'm responsible for. And I write four four to five books a year, or am participating in, like with a co-write or a group uh, collection, that kind of thing. And so, you know, I know I have to be dedicated and devoted to what I'm doing. This is a job that I have to take very seriously. And so every day I get up and I I sit down and go to work. And I think that a lot of times writers have a struggle to get that across to the people in their lives, as well as even to themselves, that this isn't just a game they're playing or or fun that they're having because they, you know, writers usually enjoy very much what they're doing. But, you know, over the years, I've had to just be firm with people and let them know, this is a real job. This is how I make a living. This, my family depends on this, but it's also, like I said, something I have great passion for and thoroughly enjoy. Excellent. That really brings together many different aspects of the writer's experience and the craft of writing. Thank you for sharing those insights. Of course. 
Cheryl, over to you. Thank you. You are an instrument and a vessel. The words that you just spoke just went to my heart. So thank you. Oh, I'm so glad. Thank you for doing that. And with that, Chanel, let's open it up for questions. We will begin Mm -hmm. with Joanne Rath. Wow, I don't think I've ever been first on any of these calls. Um, This is... (laughs) This is uh, exciting. Tracy, thank you for your ministry. It must be so neat to blend your gift of writing and your gift of sharing your faith. It's hard to share our faith sometimes because we it don't know be, how, yes. <laughs> how it's going to be received. And one other thing I, I just want to say, um, I, I seek Christian writers and Christian books I do read other books, but I primarily read Christian. Oops, my husband passed away almost a year ago from a horrible cancer. And every night before we went to bed, we listened to an audio book together. And I know we read several of your books over the years. Um, I read some of them without him probably over the years as well. But we did that every single night for quite some time. So thank you. How precious. I'm so glad you shared that story. I hear from a variety of readers that they do that. The husband and wife read or listen to audiobooks. And I love that. Our next person is Jane T. Hello, Tracy. Hi, Jane. I appreciate your words today. I am a lifelong reader and writer and wonder at how people get done the things they do. What are the issues today that are most uh, difficult for you to deal with in your storylines, given our culture and the challenges that it is in? I could just say troubles that we're facing as a nation. So that's one question. What... um, are your go-to outside uh, resources in terms of, do you have some favorite books that you go to in terms of your own daily devotions um, beyond or in addition to the Bible itself? So I will stand down for now and save my other questions. Oh, and will you please give us an email that we may write to directly? Thank you. Absolutely. I'll do that first. You can write to me at tjpbooks at aol.com. You can also write to me through my website, tracypeterson.com. And there is a place in there uh, where you can send me a message or a letter. And uh, I'm also on Facebook author Tracy Peterson. So feel free to get a hold of me through any of those. And we'll repeat that again at the end. So for anyone who didn't get it, we'll repeat it again. Thanks. You bet. As far as the issues of the day, you know, obviously they are plentiful. And as I said earlier, nothing new under the sun. But again, it all goes back to one thing. And that is that God has called us to relationship with him. 
And when we deny that, when we push that away, when we fight against that, nothing else lines up. And this has been my experience over and over, not only with myself, with my children, my grandchildren, I see it in my friends. And, you know, it's amazing to me that people fight so hard against each other and against just that peace of mind that they can have by stopping and just seeking a relationship with God. From my personal experiences, I know that that makes all the difference in the world. And yet I know there are a lot of people out there who have their own faith. They have different religions and, and whatnot. And I am a firm believer that as Christians, it is our our place to share what God has done for us, not in a preachy way, not in a hitting people over the head with the Bible kind of way, but in a personal way. And that's what my stories are about. Each of the characters in my books speak to a problem or an issue that I've been through myself usually, and, or maybe a friend. And as I go through the process of having resolved the issue in my own life, it serves the purpose of reminding me there are other people that go through those things too. And so as I develop stories, then I can put those kind of things into the, the stories whether it be issues of racism, which we see running rampant, whether it's issues of heartbreak, relational issues, uh, parents and children separated at emotionally and unable to fulfill the kind of relationship that they want with each other. Forgiveness. I've had to forgive much in my life, but I've also had to be forgiven much. And so that is a powerful thing in each of my books because it just resonates over and over with me at how critical learning to forgive is and learning to receive forgiveness. And so those are the kind of things that you will see in my books over and over. And as far as then what I read for encouragement, I love Streams in the Desert. I love Oswald Chambers' utmost for it. My his highest. And uh, recently, my co-writer Kim and good friend Kimberly Woodhouse turned me on to Asherita Chuchu's book, Prayers of Rest. And so that's a few things that I like to go to outside of the word. Next up, we have Fran Sign. Hi, uh, Tracy. It's so nice to meet you. I've read so many of your books and my husband yeah, and I... Also read your books together many, many times. And I was surprised when you said you wrote 140 books. I'm sure I read more than that. <laughs> <laughs> I every I download all your book. Every time a board a book comes on board, I snatch it immediately. I was like, I didn't even look at it. It's just like Tracy, yep, gotta get that. It's just like, oh, thank you, friend. And then I go through it, look at it, go, yeah, that sounds really good. And oh wait, that's part of a series. Do I have the rest of it? Then I go searching for the rest of the series. And if Bard doesn't have book three and they have four, five, and six, I'm like, you know, like, what is wrong with you? How can I read this without the, you know, the middle book? <laughs> I, I'm a stickler for reading books in order. And I I really do prefer Christian authors. I don't say I don't read, you know, non-Christian authors. I do some, but I prefer Christian authors. And when I find them, 
I want to read everything they write because you're imparting truths from the scriptures to me that maybe I didn't hear or didn't pick up myself in the Bible. And I was like, oh, you know, sometimes you put a different slant on it or something and it, it just opens up my heart and goes, oh, yeah, that makes sense. And then when you go back and read that in the scriptures, you're, it, it just makes more sense. And it's just so exciting to meet you in person and over Zoom, whatever. But I'm just so excited that I heard you were going to be here. And I'm like, oh, I can't miss this. Thank you so much for all your writing and keep up the good work. Thank you so much, Fran. I appreciate that you would stop by to say that. Next up, we have Carla Hayes. Hello there, Tracy. I am really thrilled to to get to be acquainted with you. I have to admit that I I haven't I hadn't heard of you before, and now I am a Christian, and I can't wait to get started on your books. I really can't because I look for Christian writing as well. Um, I'm I'm very protective of of what goes into my mind and everything because the Lord calls us to be protective of you know our souls. I have two questions that I want to ask you. First of all, I'd like to know with in this this post modern era that we live, where there is less and less toleration for you know our Christian and Judeo Christian beliefs and um, standards and society, everything's whatever goes and all that. I wanted to ask if 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 this has presented challenges and backlashes for you as you are continuing to write these um, wonderful works and um, make it your ministry. And the second thing I want to ask you is what is and this is a hard one. This is like asking a mother what's your who's your favorite kid. Do you have a favorite um, novel, a favorite book that you wrote? What What's it about and why is it your favorite? So I'm, I'll just, um, you know, mute and listen to your answers eagerly. <laughs> well, thank you, Carla. You know, it is hard to pick a favorite book. There, there are a variety that have really given me a great deal of pleasure to write, especially, for instance, the Alaska books, because I went there and researched and enjoyed thoroughly getting to meet people, learn the history. When we moved from Kansas to Montana, I was Kansas born and raised, but asthma and tornadoes were something I was very tired of. So we moved to a dry climate in Montana. I was really excited because at the time we were homeschooling. And so I wrote the Heirs of Montana series partially as we homeschooled our son and did studies on Montana as a state. And so that always holds a precious place in my heart because it was just, it brings back memories of homeschooling him and our new environment moving here. And uh, so that was always really precious to me. And then the book I'm working on is always my favorite because that's the one I'm absorbed in and I'm knee deep in the research and I'm excited about where the characters are going to go. And, you know, for me, like I said earlier, I make a, a synopsis for each book. And I I think really I'm just doing the same thing a seat of the pantser is doing, only I'm doing it in a very abbreviated form. Instead of writing the entire book, just as I go, I sit down and write a very detailed synopsis. My synopses can sometimes be as long as 40 pages. And so, you know, I, I can laugh when people say, oh, I, I don't think I'd want an outline. Well, I think I'm, I think we're both just kind of doing the same thing as I make those outlines and whatnot. I I 
leave myself all the freedom to make changes as I go. And so it's just a roadmap. And like the book I'm working on right now, I had a massive change of character at the end of one of my story threads. And it just came out of nowhere. It was absolutely perfect for what I needed. And so a lot of times the synopsis changes and I go with it. And I can't remember what your first question was. I'm so sorry. I remember. Do you find any backlash? Yes. 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 Mm-hmm. And and yes, there is backlash. Uh, even in Christian publishing, we're having to be more careful about the way things are, are addressed and done. But especially in historical, as you might guess, because the language used towards people and cultural groups the attitudes towards those groups, very, very different. And, you know, it's something that never fails to surprise me. But, you know, you have to to realize that we really haven't been able to right a lot of those wrongs done to different people groups until lately. It was 1962 when Native Americans finally got the full right to vote. And that just blows my mind because that's my lifetime. And, and you know, those are the kind of things that that uh, I'm amazed by. It was the 2000s before Oregon finally adjusted their constitution regarding the fact that <laughs> they had different laws that refused to allow for Blacks to come into Oregon, into the Oregon Territory or the Oregon country, as it was once called. And... You know, it's just amazing to me how these things have come back up and and had to be dealt with because they weren't dealt with originally. So over the years, I have run across all sorts of things, but now it's just really very, very touchy. And sometimes you have to be careful about the words you use, even sometimes the attitudes that you allow your characters to have. So thanks for that question. Now we'll go to Kim. Go ahead, Kim. Hey, Tracy. Hi, Kim. I'm glad. I'm glad to get to hear you and and to meet you. And I love I love the way you work. How God works into your books, and you do it without preaching, but it's definitely there. I want to congratulate you and thank you on being able to do that. And, you know, if people don't like that, then they're going to miss the rest of the book. But, hey, you know what? You're doing what you were called to do. And I just think it was so neat that you you say that that's your, your ministry. And you're doing good. And thank you. And keep writing. Thank you, Kim. I really appreciate that. Usually when I speak, one of the first things I tell people is, I'm unashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And if you don't like that about me, you're not going to like my books. <laughs> Next up, we have Vicki Ratcliffe. Yes. Hi, Tracy. This is Vicki, and I'm so happy to meet you. I have read many of your books. One of the things I like, as the lady before me also stated, was how you intertwine a religious theme into your characters and challenges that they have along with the historical fiction. I love all three of these things. 
I have one quick question. When you start writing, let's say, a new book that is not in a series, when do you actually decide, I think I'd like to make this book into a series? And I know it might take some thought and this sort of thing, but I was just curious. But I did not know you had 140 books, so I'll have to start reading more. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks, Vicki. I'm, I'm very pleased to meet you, too. As far as, as how I write in that process, I think these days, because of over the years, I have done so many three book series that when I sit down and have an idea for a book, that it automatically just kind of becomes a series. And so I think about like a lot of times there'll be event an event in history that captures my attention, like with the uh, Heart of the Frontier series where it was the Whitman Mission Massacre. And then other times it might be specific characters that come to mind that I think I'd like to create, you know, a character where the heroine is someone who is really battling her earthly father relationship with her heavenly father relationship or something like that. And then I think, well, what could I what could I create in a story series that would perhaps deal with several young women who are all dealing with various relational problems with their father that affects how they see God. And so as I sit down and create the idea for a series, I very seldom anymore think in the sense of just a single story. And, and you know, that's just how it's become. Uh, in the early days, there were single stories, and, and I very much enjoyed that. But I find that a lot of times there's just so much I want to tell and share that I can't do it in one book. Tracy, speaking of the three, that's what you normally do. Is there a reason for that? How were you inspired to do three in a series and then go on to the next or spin off to the next? It seemed like in the early days when I th I talked to the publishing houses about series books that three was was something that they felt was a good number and it's mm -hmm. it's for me it's because of the way I write before book one ever comes out all three are written and so mm -hmm. all of my series books on my own come out within the the same year. And that helps the readers sometimes who have frustrations over waiting for a year for the next book to come out. The books that Kim Woodhouse and I write together do come out yearly, but uh, my own series come out all three in one year. And that just was something the publishers put together and felt comfortable with. And so I have one series, The Heirs of Montana, that was actually a four book series. But again, that was just because I felt like I had too much to share. And I appreciate you doing them all in one year because I hate waiting. <laughs> I do too. I do too. <laughs> okay, I'll mute and Chanel, go ahead. Connie <laughs> Bateman. Hi, Tracy. Hi. So nice to to meet you. And I've been reading your books for many years. I'm a Christian. My husband passed away December 2019. And thank God he accepted the Lord about 10 months before he passed away. We prayed and prayed for years. So right now I'm reading Under or Beyond the Desert Sand. And, find, and the plot's very intriguing. I 
am not able to travel as much as I used to. Uh, my husband was sighted, and we used to travel a lot together, but I can't do that as much as I used to, so I travel vicariously. So we have stories because they take place in all kinds of different places. So I can't remember, because I've been reading, I've read so many of your books. Do any of your books take place in California? That's where I'm from. Uh, there was uh, one book that uh, Kim Woodhouse and I did together that takes place in California. There was uh, a series I did with Judith Pella years ago, uh, Ribbons West, that has the books partially in California. Uh, for the most part, I, I have a three book series that's set in San Francisco. And um, that one is Golden Gate Secrets. And I'm trying to think. Uh, there might be some others, but the, it's not coming to mind right now. Uh, the Golden Gate Secrets was probably the most recent three book series that uh, I would have set in California. Thank you. And next is Jeanette Kutash, then Pam Johnson. Thank you for spending your time with us, Tracy. I am thrilled. Um, my question is about balance. I am thinking that as an author, you know that anyone who picks up your book may or may not be a Christian. Um, because people just tend to read lots of authors. And the first time I picked up one of your books, I know I didn't realize you were a Christian author. So for those who are not, clearly you want to help them maintain their interest in what you're writing. What strategies do you use to strike that delicate balance between providing a story that will ring home with someone who is Christian and also getting the attention of someone who may not be as understanding of the Christian philosophy. Absolutely. It is a balance. It's a very fine line to walk. And that's, you know, over the years, I've tried to pay a special, special bit of attention to, for instance, the, the reader comments and the, the letters that I get from different people, because I want to make sure that the books are not just uh, preachy or in in your face with with religious stuff. I, I try to play through my characters, especially that they understand and realize that not everybody is going to find their hope in these things. And uh, so I try to weave through the lives of the characters, perhaps their frustration with loved ones that that they wish um, would believe in the Bible or God or, or whatever. Uh, sometimes I will play that out in character relationships where they actually do discuss, you know, why, 
one character doesn't believe and why one character does. And I've had comments from people who were absolute atheists who said, you know, I appreciated that you brought both sides of the argument to the table through your characters. And I even had one young woman who wrote me a letter and said, I am an atheist. I don't believe in in God, but your book made me ask some really hard questions. And I thought, who could ask for anything more? That just thrilled me to no end. I didn't want to beat this girl over the head. And if if I had been preachy, she would put the book right down. But sometimes over the years, I've come to find that people will pick up a historical fiction novel and start reading. And even if it has faith issues in it, they will go ahead and, and read because they're compelled by the story. So I try to make sure that the, the story is compelling and attractive and fast-paced, especially, because if you're sitting there turning one page after another, you're not taking a lot of time to get overly offended by the fact that I'm sharing biblical truth. Next up is Pam Johnson. Hello, Tracy. How are you? Hi, Pam. I'm doing good. (laughs) Thank you. My question is, uh, when you first uh, published, did you ever find it hard to get your foot in the door? And did it go slow at first? It went very slow at first. (laughs) I tried to get published for a good 12, 15 years before I, I got my first contract. And one of the things that I did was attend a lot of writer conferences and network with other writers, uh, listen to publishers say what they wanted. Back in back in the day, you were encouraged to write letters to the publishing house and ask for uh, what they were looking for. Now we have some great helps with Writer's Digest has a list of, of all the publishing houses and the things that they're looking for. And when you go to conferences, you can you can definitely get a lot of information. I helped to create the American Christian Fiction Writers Organization. ACFW.com is their website. And you can go there and for a very reasonable amount of money, you can join that organization and network with people who are in the publishing industry and other authors, uh, you know, agents. And they have a lot of online helps and whatnot. It was a slow process because I definitely didn't know what I was doing at first. Once I got my first contract after that, uh, the publisher was so pleased with my work that it went fairly quickly after that. And I just started doing quite a few books each year. And eventually I was working at the time for Barber Publishing and eventually I started actually doing acquisitions for them and and then took over the entire managing editor position for Heart Song Presents, which was two historical and two contemporary romances that they were publishing each month. And so every month there were four books to produce. And that's when I was able to hire my husband to come in to help with editorial work and content review and my daughter and a, a friend from church. And we just had an amazing time for several years managing that line. And I learned a lot from both sides of the fence that way. And next up, we have Leslie Tom. Hi, Tracy. Hi. I, ab- 
absolutely love your book, 140, but I've probably read at least 100. And um, I just yesterday was reading, uh, I read two this week um, on the Gnome seri uh, series in Alaska. Yes. I love that series because there's so many things like when you, you well, in all of them you have this also, but the depression and anxiety aspects, I have a lot of that. I really feel comforted by looking and reading the books and seeing that you have the, the scriptures and stuff that kind of help to allevi alleviate that feeling sometimes. Absolutely. Thank you. You've touched so many of us. As you've heard, so many people are just grateful to say hi to you. And we appreciate that you came, Tracy. I really Thank appreciate you. what you do in sharing with readers and other people who are writing and whatnot. It's exciting to me to get to touch base with my readers and to know that the books have touched their lives. And mm -hmm. As I mentioned, you know, I, I get letters or emails or whatnot from people who will tell me the way the books have met a need or touched them or actually made them, like the girl said, ask hard questions. What more could a writer want? I just thrill to the way that God has used this and allows me to go on doing something I thoroughly love as well as serve him at the same time. Thank you. Would you please give out your information again, how people can get in touch with you? Absolutely. They can write to me directly at email tjpbooks, B-O-O-K-S, all run together, at aol.com, tjpbooks at aol.com. They can also go to my website, which is www.tracypeterson.com. And then also my Facebook account, uh, which is uh, author, Tracy Peterson. So I think also okay. you can get it through Tracy Peterson backslash author. Uh, okay. Either way, I think once you type my name in there, it'll pop up. Thank you. And for any of you that don't know, it's T-R-A-C-I-E. P-E-T-E-R-S-O-N. Thank you so much for being here. We're so grateful to have you here with us. And um, thank you. Thank you so much, Kathy. Okay, well, she's unmuting. I'll give you the prompt. The prompt for next week is he, she, girl, boy, whomever, they were walking down the streets shuffling their feet, kicking the leaves out of the way, and stopped abruptly because they saw dot, 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 a hundred words or less genre of your choice. <laughs> and <laughs> so, thanks, Kathy. Thank you so much, Tracy, for being with us today. We really appreciate your time and also your care and your responses to all of our questions. And I can tell how much people really appreciated you visiting with us. Thank you for everyone who has helped make this another amazing episode. And be sure to be back in two weeks, November 17th. We're going to have a writer's chat with particular focus about publishing trends. 
You don't want to miss that. Writers' chats are always a lot of fun, where you get to bring forward your questions. Be sure to visit writingworkswonders.com for these show notes, previous episodes, and plenty of resources all available to you. You can contact us through the Contact Us page at writingworkswonders.com. You can also email us at info at writingworkswonders.com or you can phone us at 347-467-0221. Above all else, we want you to be inspired and encouraged. We look forward to being with you next time. Thank you for joining us today on Writing Works Wonders. Kathy and I are thrilled to spend time with you. A tap on that button that says subscribe so you will not miss our show. You can also tap on the link for writingworkswonders.com. It'll take you directly to all the show notes and information that we shared today. Then you can sign up to receive the Zoom link so that you can be live with us when we are recording. You can also contact us at info at writingworkswonders.com. Our phone number is 347-467-0221. We also have a donate button. All donations go to technical expenses that Kathy and I incur in order to keep this podcast going. Kathy and I want you to feel encouraged and inspired and know the wonder in writing. And until next time, our friends, keep on writing. Opinions expressed on ACB Media are those of the respective program contributors and do not necessarily reflect the views held by the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff.